If you are stuck in the grind and don't know how to get moving, if you have lost your dream or struggle to know how to make it happen, if you have been dreaming of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life with tools, knowledge, and support that will allow you to create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who have already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. My guests today are Justin Nimrock and Jessica Rink of Leading Evolution Group. Leading Evolution Group's mission is to facilitate crucial conversations that draw out the hidden truths, motivations, ideals, and values in organizations and teams. Justin has spent the last 10 years working to change the financial management industry from the inside out. Starting out on a father-son team for a large corporate investment firm, he evolved his business into a highly successful independent operation focused on bringing insight and intention strategy and wisdom to the subject of money and investments. Justin's passion includes the evolution and creation of intentional teams and healthy group dynamics. He believes that in order to truly thrive, organizations must commit to a new version of success, one that is created from the foundations of openness, empathy, and inclusivity. Justin's personal core values are freedom, connection, intention, and passion. Jessica has spent the Last 20 years working for some of the best organizations in the world, from Fortune 100 companies to nonprofit and government agencies. Her experience in working alongside CEOs and industry leaders is varied and vast. And she'll tell you that every leader, no matter the industry or job titles, deals with similar challenges. Jessica has a passion to create great workplaces where employees feel seen, valued, and heard, and are inspired to deliver their very best every single day. She operates under personal core values of integrity, joy, empathy, and vision. Justin and Jessica, thank you so much for joining me today and just uh, being willing to share your journey and your story. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. so happy to be here, Robert. Thank you. Yeah, so so I typically start off with everyone just telling me about their journey into entrepreneurship. And so tell me tell me how, uh, how you guys got started. And... Uh, and what you're doing now. Jessica, please go first. Cheers. So um, I promised myself that I would never be an entrepreneur. I said that <laughs> my entire life. So um, it's been a pretty interesting journey. I'd spent 20 years in corporate America, um, just working different types of jobs in marketing, with nonprofits, with government agencies, and then uh, got a master's degree. So I thought I was really going to be that corporate you know, mindset my entire career. But then after, uh, you know, COVID, things just started to change a little bit. And I saw my expertise starting to be needed in a few different realms. And so having met Justin, we, we realized we had a similar vision for creating value um, for corporations in really being intentional with how they structure their teams and with how they meet their work and their mission with a conscious mindset. And so Justin and I started speaking the same language and that's sort of how the uh, leading evolution group really grew when we decided to partner together. Um, so here I am eating my words about being an entrepreneur, which is kind of exciting, but I still get to be in that corporate headspace, which is super fun for me. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I, was always a good kid, followed the rules, you know, did what was right, got my good grades, went to college, got my degree, had an internship, a couple internships, interviewed for the entry level position, and, uh, you know, thought I was doing exactly what I should do and, and what my parents taught me to do. And uh, before coming in, before becoming an entrepreneur officially last year, I was working with my father and in the family business. And uh, it was a great opportunity. And again, I had done everything right and I'm supporting my family. 
but there was just this feeling of entrapment. And I call it, from my perspective, a little bit of a glorified prison. And I had done everything right in my life. And now I'm stuck in a job that is paying me well and has a lot of, actually a lot of potential for, for future earning. But um, I just felt trapped. And I decided I'm not going to feel trapped anymore. Um, I'm going to just create what I want to create. And uh, last year during COVID, I launched uh, two businesses, um, one in the the wealth management services and one in uh, corporate leadership consulting with Leading Evolution Group. And uh, just in the journey, having plenty of success and plenty of failures. Um, but uh, one of my favorite things is being able to partner with Jessica, the way that we uh, the way that we have vibed together and connected has been so special and probably the greatest gift of entrepreneurship thus far. Nice. So leading evolution evolution group, what's, uh, what, what's the purpose? What's, uh, what's your driving force? Can I take this one, Jessica? Please do. <laughs> It stems from that feeling I had, like I in glorified prison and uh, permissioning everybody to truly follow their hearts and take the leaps of faith in life you need to take. The, the road less journey is the one that's the most worthwhile. And uh, there's a path. We've created a, a cool society and in, in, in capitalism prevails as a as a steady component of of a good life in in america um but we all deserve the freedom to live our best life and thus i want to you know help help invoke the conversations in these businesses and on these teams to uh to spark the to re-spark if, if it's not sparked yet but spark the excitement and the freedom in and, and everyone that's doing right and, and working hard. Yeah, we're finding after COVID, you know, everybody's getting stretched in so many amazing ways. I mean, corporations and businesses are really struggling to try and keep their bottom line going strong. And, you know, we're, we're all being faced with some impossible decisions, especially on, on how we work. And I think fatigue is really becoming um, a big part of our narrative now. You know, we go to work and we sit on Zoom calls all day long, or we go into the office and we're constantly worried about our health and safety. And so we're just being stretched in some pretty profound ways. So it's almost like this clarion call to good businesses and good corporations. How do we take care of our people? And how do we make sure that the mission stays, you know, as that North Star, but at the same time, ensure that everybody that's working within these organizations is feeling seen and heard and invested in because it's so, so easy to lose sight of that. And so our model really attempts to get into the boardroom and empower and inspire and encourage the business executives to say, you know, how do we strengthen you so that you can go to your teams and strengthen them and create an environment where um, we're not just coming into work and slogging through stress every single day. We're coming in um, with a purpose and a passion. So that's really what I think, you know, as Justin's saying, is to get out of that prison mindset that, you know, we can put ourselves in pretty easily. You know, we forget and we lose sight of our goals. And then we wake up one day and we go, are we even living the life that we're choosing? And that can so easily happen in, in any business. And so just keeping that really front and center and, and bringing the conversation forward, especially in the boardroom, is our mission. Nice. <clears throat> and so how did you choose your 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 niche that? you're targeting? I think Justin and I both had, um, we've had amazing careers, so I can't knock it, but we've had some struggles in that same vein. You know, I've worked for very, very large corporations on the enterprise level and uh, multiple times, and there are disconnects. There are disconnects in, in some of these big organizations. And so how do we bridge, bridge gaps? And, and I've, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a change maker. I always have been. And so I've always tried to leave something better than I found it. And so when I go into these organizations that I, I kind of observe, how can we make this a little bit better? 
some corporations are, are up for that kind of feedback and others are very much not. So I <laughs> learned that a little bit the hard way. <laughs> Justin, what about you? Yeah, it stems for me in some community leadership opportunities I had. I led a, a young professional organization and then had the opportunity to lead a uh, chamber of commerce for a couple years where I imparted some roundtable conversations within the community to allow people to talk about creating abundance and network, but that was really focused on on self-development. And, and personally, I feel like I'm a self-development junkie. I, I just, I, I've always had a life coach for the last several years. I'm always diving into books that are going to, you know, improve myself and, and give, give me the edge. And when I brought that self-development mindset to the, to the round tables and started asking just, I call them deep questions on what is your life's purpose? How do you attain freedom? It opened a space for everyone to own what, what these questions meant for them. And everyone had different answers, but at the end of a 60 or 90 minute engagement, it seemed like most people in the room left motivated and inspired for the day and what was true for them. And so through, through that engagement, I just, I kind of had a vision like this needs to be in the boardroom too. You know, I, in the boardrooms I'm sitting in, it's mostly dollars and cents and hitting goals and, and, and finding out what the next step in business is. And I thought, that, I, I don't feel motivated necessarily for that. But if we ask people, hey, what's the purpose to your life in this job and, and, and what really matters to you in life and, and related to this job, then uh, it sparked a motivation and inspiration. And uh, we've just run with it. Nice. I like the uh, personal development junkie. That's a, that's a, that's a good, a good motto. <laughs> um, so, so what tools do you use to help people revitalize their dream or even a company figure out its dream? Yeah. When we come into uh, working in partnership with a client and their business, we tend to do kind of an assessment on where team dynamics are at present. And so we meet with them and, you know, we look at what the reality is and then we try and draw out questions of what the ideal is. From there, we designed a workshop that's eight weeks long um, that we deliver to the executives in that boardroom that's meant to draw out that personal development in line with the company's mission and in line with the culture. And then uh, if the organization so chooses, we do individual one-on-one -on -one coaching with executives as well. Nice. The one thing I want to add to that is our ability to create space. There, one of our leading principles in leadership is authenticity. And to me, certainly that means, you know, being brave enough to speak your truth. But the next level is having the ability to hold the space that encourages others to speak their truth and getting it all out. And I sure hope we're teaching others to do it. Somehow it comes naturally to Jessica and I. And, and, and again, we we're seen in it despite us not even having to say it. But like there's just the space. The space was different. The way we connected was different. And, uh, you know, I know we, we use the tools of just clearing out and emptying and allowing and trusting. Um, and, you know, from that basis, it's it's honoring everybody and it's even it's even honoring you know the the high self and and what what needs to come through the room when we empty out and, and hold the space for it yeah because what would the workplace be if you really trusted every single person around that table to meet you exactly in the way that you need to be met but at the same time that they know that you're willing to be vulnerable and open and honest um, what, what kind of workplaces would we create if we had that kind of authenticity and, and, and responsibility, not only for our, ourselves and our own actions, but, you know, for responsibility of the success of the team, too. And some really great workplaces already do this. So, um, you know, we, we draw upon a lot of best practices that already exist. 
from you know really successful organizations, but we're also tailoring it very specifically to the organization that we're working with too. Yeah, it can be really challenging to uh, create a safe space um, in a boardroom many times. Yeah. And Absolutely. and it's not that it isn't safe, but but the perceived the <laughs> the perception that you carry in the room typically is you know oh I can't say that or right. oh I can't challenge that or um, and so that can be very challenging to the group's growth, right? Absolutely. Or <laughs> one person's voice is more important than another's. Usually, you know, on the on the scale of leadership. Right. And once a leader makes a statement or something, then the rest of the group falls in line rather than jumping in with their ideas if they don't feel like it's a space that they can, you know, that they can push against against that leadership hierarchy, right? Right. And we know some of the best organizations know that conflict breeds innovation. It just does. So if we can create a space where conflict is encouraged, but it's done in a respectful and trusting way, I mean, what kind of innovations could we create? Yeah, that's very nice. So what's been the biggest challenge of working together? (laughs) You first, Justin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, creating revenue you know it's easy to believe to have our principles and even to have the determination but uh you know working together where we can still each pay our bills and uh and be in you know a a, a still a relatively you know new new venture um getting over that hurdle where we're creating all the abundance and uh you know and 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 money through the door that that uh, that we want is the truth how i feel how about you jessica partnerships are an amazing thing because you got two people who speak very different languages trying to come together and create something cohesive and um you know prosperous and so one of the things that i think was challenging for us at the beginning is justin's in my brain works completely differently and so we, uh, a lot of people, I think, would take that as like, well, we're just never going to speak the same language and we, they would give up. Um, but once we realized like, no, I think about things this way and how do you think about it? And then he would say, you know, how he would think about things and our style is very, very different. So Justin's super high level visionary, which is amazing. I tend to be more in the grass and, and you know, tactical and how are we going to make this practical? But when you see those two things as being complementary instead of comp- comp- based in competition, um, is really where our partnership started to grow. So again, we're we're practicing what we preach, and that conflict breeds innovation. And and it took us a few months to hit our stride, but I think we got it. Nice. So, what's been the most valuable in uh, building your audience and in, in creating your network? Mm, the feeling, like just uh, the freedom, the freedom that I've been craving. Where, and again, I want it for everybody, but now that I'm not under the corporate entity, I, I, I don't have the pressure to conform to that message. I get to conform to my message and, and my belief and say it as I see it. And the, the, the rewarding feeling of the freedom is, is what I crave and and enjoy. And that doesn't create a conflict of interest in a boardroom where <laughs> you want to <laughs> give all of them freedom. <laughs> They're all going to walk out the room being entrepreneurs. <laughs> we have heard that before, but I think really the organizations that are doing a really great job in connecting their mission to their people that tends to not be a primary concern because if somebody knows every day why they wake up and they go to their job, they're going to go there inspired. And that's what we really want to make sure that is connected from the boardroom to the frontline staff is do your people know your mission and, and are they really behind it? And, and if they don't, that might be a problem. And also, do you speak your people's mission, their language as well? So if your people are really passionate about certain aspects of how to change the world, 
is that company nurturing that as well? And so we encourage that on you know both sides, but that's not the first time we've heard that. So. <laughs> <laughs> One of my messages is that you are a leader. We are all leaders. You're born a leader and either you chose to accept that role or not, but I see you and I see you as a leader. We met with a mortgage team uh, a couple weeks ago and the leader of that team gave everybody uh, a managerial title because he wanted everyone to feel responsible to lead in the area that they're, you know, providing their, their service. And, you know, I, I think the way the system's built, not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur and people are very content working for, you know, solid entrepreneurials that, that obviously handle what, what it takes to be, to be one. Um, but at the same point, I, I really believe, and, and we're looking to connect with leaders that I think feel the same way that everyone is a leader, deserves the, to be seen as a leader and deserves the space to, to operate in that capacity. Absolutely. Well, and I know we've talked previously and you guys are big that everybody's dream matters, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, you'd mentioned that, um, many people have subordinated their dreams to the company dream. And even now you mentioned, maybe they don't even know the company dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you, how do you revitalize that? How do you help align that? Yeah, it's, it starts with, it starts with simply the space acknowledgement of, do you want your mission and your company's mission to align with your employee's mission? Yes or no? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Good acknowledgement. Let's figure out, you know, let's, let's create the space so people can communicate that. And, and it comes to a trust where that kind of goes, that kind of goes against control. You know, it's like, you got to let the control go. Um, on the faith that there will be alignment, there will be symmetry. Now, when someone thinks completely different from somebody else, you know, it, it can be contentious, but again, the right engagement will, will produce uh, a better result if you go through the process of that, of that disagreement, contention, different point of view. And we see it happen over and over again. We think the best companies as well, you know, really view their employee employer relationship as a partnership, not a subordination. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, leaders are saying, no, I really do care what you think. I really do care and, and want to know what you believe in, um, what is important to you and really solicit that feedback. Um, that's important. What is your ideal? That's such an easy question to ask people, but we are so far from it sometimes. I mean, it, it, how often do we ask ourselves, what is our ideal? And if we're not asking ourselves that, are we settling? And so I think it's important that leaders never settle for employees that may or may not be engaged. I think those leaders should know, hey, my team is really into their work because they tell me so. And their ideal is the environment that they're working in. And I work hard as a leader to create that for them. And, and I think that's where that inspiration comes from, where people are gonna be happy to show up to work, believing in their leaders. Absolutely. Well, and just even documenting, right? What is what is your ideal, and then mm -hmm. what is the employee's ideal, and 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 how can we make them match, right? How can we make them work together? Um, and and even for entrepreneurs, right? Figuring out um, it's a simple a simple exercise, but hard to do. <laughs> um, you know what what is your ideal day, right? And and figuring out what an ideal day looks like, and then. And then how far from it are you? What do you have to do to make, make that happen? Um, Absolutely. We tell ourselves stories all the time about what work should be and has to be in order for us to survive or be successful. And, and if part of that is, you know, I have to work 13 hours a day to be successful as an entrepreneur, well, you're going to get that. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask yourself, what is my ideal? And the ideal is, you know, if I get this balanced out, five to six hours a day feels ideal. So that I'm not killing myself and I have time to spend, you know, with my family and things like that. So it's a really important question that I think we forget to ask a lot. Ooh, 
Absolutely. Or, or we make assumptions, right? Like what we're setting up is that this is the ideal. This is what, what's best. Yeah. Um, and especially if there's a disconnect between leadership and um, the people on the floor that are making stuff happen who know, you know, they might know simple fixes or right. things that'll make the processes go better, but they're not bringing them up because leadership's not asking. And so, exactly right. so things just stay the same. And um, it, it does become, I, obviously all of us have experienced and know people that, that they just do the grind, right? They, yeah. you know, get up in the morning, they drink their coffee, they go to work, they, they work for eight, nine hours a day. They go home, you know, eat their dinner, watch their television, drink their beer and go to bed and, and just do the same thing over and over and over again. And, and the status quo becomes a habit <laughs> and, and nobody's asking, how can we make this better? <laughs> right. And there's companies surviving that way because they're producing, they're making stuff, but, but nobody's having any fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, and I think we're seeing as a result totally. of COVID we're, we're in the worst mental health crisis in the history of ever. And I think if we don't start asking these questions and saying like, is, is, I know this is the way we've always done it, but is that a, the right way? And if we don't start asking that, I think we're just going to see some really, really heavy consequences in terms of burnout and fatigue and mental health and everything. So I feel like we've got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. Well, just making it like Justin's saying, making the space for it be okay to ask the question, right? Is this, is this the best thing? <laughs> Is that even, is that question even okay to ask? Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> there you go. It is. <clears throat> it has to be, right? Like if, if it's not, it's just going to create, you know, more negative. Yeah. So Justin, you mentioned that you're a personal growth junkie. Um, how, how have mentors been valuable to you? Hmm. <laughs> Well, I, I launched, I, uh, I was asked when I first joined this young professional group several years ago, Hey, maybe you want to like help us out and create something. I'm like, sure, whatever, whatever you need. Well, we need a mentorship program. <laughs> well, I've never done that, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'm going to create, I'll create a mentorship program. And, uh, it ran for seven years, uh, pairing young professionals about 22 to 35 years young with seasoned professionals, you know, generally older than that. And one thing I did learn is the younger generation was providing as much value to the seasoned professional as the seasoned professional was doing to the younger professional. And it, it became more of a partnership. And so in my engagements with my coaches and my mentors, I'm, I'm always holding space for them too. It's a mutual process. Uh, you know, the, the more we live, the more we experience, the more wisdom we generally, uh, you know, learn and, and grow in. And so I think there's more space for younger people to, to listen to the seasoned professionals. But uh, it's it's an invaluable connection just whenever two people meet and, and, and share in a focus. And when the focus is on me, my coach and my mentor wants to help me in whatever I'm going through. It, it doubles, if not triples, or maybe even more, uh, uh, the 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 power that I gain in in the next step I take than doing it alone and processing in myself and keeping it all within. When two people connect, it's uh, it's extraordinary. Nice, and Jessica, how about you? Oh, I've had some exceptional mentors in my life. Um, you know, you you don't realize you meet those people that are going to change your life until well after of what what value they've added to you. But I've had some immense um, managers and directors that I've worked for that that just gave me so much guidance and really met me and and in some pretty crazy jobs too. You know, I've worked some pretty high stress situations and and you really learn who you are in that but to have that leader who sees the broader vision and is like no no everything's going to be fine you know it's it's really um a valuable experience and then you get to pay it forward too when you become the seasoned professional so just very mm -hmm. grateful for the path that i've gotten in my career 
Nice. Now, Justin, you mentioned connection and the value of connection um, with mentors. How has connection helped in, in the growth of your business? <laughs> I was taught sales, you know, by my father in partnership and again, mainly by, you know, uh, a corporate finance background. And I rubbed a lot of people the wrong way for several years in, in my approach. And uh, I made a 90-day goal. My business goal this quarter was nurture relationships. Nurture relationships. So it doesn't matter who I'm meeting with. You know, how can I nurture what they're going through and meet them where they're at? And... Uh, for me, that's it's doing business the right way. And I, I always come like I have to like tell myself with my background, like there's nothing to sell. There's nothing to sell. Meet that person, connect with them. If if the issue they're having aligns with a service I'm providing, then it's meant to be. And otherwise, you know, however it plays out, it plays out. But uh, it's just, you know, it's you know, and, and we in business. You know, we're, we're always connecting this connect, you know, networking and connecting. Like, aren't we all doing that? And uh, for me, what I've learned today and, and my value is nurture those relationships. That's what makes that's what's allowed me to be successful. Yeah, the challenge is some people are connecting by just running around passing out business cards. So <laughs> it's not the same. Hundred yeah. percent. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Or just well, like sharing the, their product. Like, here's my product. Here's my product. Or here's like, and you know, there's, it's, it's, it's deeper. You got to connect deeper than that. Um, I think to really, to really thrive. Nice. And so what's been, what's been the most valuable tools for, for you guys in, in reaching new clients? Getting out and about. I mean, I think we're all a little bit starved for that connection right now. I know we've, we've entered into a new paradigm where Zoom and the internet and working remotely is the thing. But I think when all these mandates lifted and we were given permission to go back to the office or at least go out to a restaurant, which was really exciting, you know, and, and I think we we do need that connection profoundly. Um, so one of uh, my favorite marketing techniques for Justin is he's an exceptional golfer. He's like, Hey, I'm going to go spend some time on the golf course today. I'm like, do my goodness, go meet those people and nurture the relationship and whatever will come will come. And just having that faith and trust in one another that we're both living our brand. We are our brand. We are the thing. So really our marketing strategy is quite simple. Just go out there in the community and be yourself and connect with people and nurture relationships and whatever will be, will be. I like that living our brand. Um, a lot of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs don't understand the value of their brand and <clears throat> how much they live, how they live their life represents their brand, right? Because if they're solopreneurs, especially, they are the brand, <laughs> whether they know it or not. Um, so, so good for you that that you recognize it and that you're intentional in um, in living it out. Thank you. One one additional tool we use, you know, I I, I call us uh, team engagement coaches or team engagement consultants, and so I, I continue to host a monthly community engagement, and uh, that that helps hone in our our skills and allows us to learn, you know, not only in the boardroom but but outside of it, and uh, and then really displays who and what we are. When this is this is how I engage, and these are the questions I ask. And yes, I think the same questions I'm asking in the community engagements can be, can be, and should be asked in in the boardroom. And so that's been uh, that's been a, a great way to to continue to engage with people and and network and 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 grow our brand and, and show show who we are. Nice. All right. So this will have to be each of you. But what do you guys love to do in your free time? Go oh, ahead, I'm Jessica. A, I'm a book nerd, just completely a book nerd. Um, got myself buried in a bunch of different subjects. Um, also, mountain biking, 
which is balances out that living too much in my brain thing. Go out there and hit the trails. Nice. I'm a big golfer. I, uh, I joined uh, the amateur tour in Colorado uh, this summer. And, uh, and the commitment I made has allowed me to learn a lot of these self-development lessons I'm going through on the golf course. And I, I think, I think that's similar in anything we do. If you're working on something and you're a big mountain biker, you're going to like hit those challenges on the bike and on the road and in life. And so, uh, I, I, this, this new commitment I made this year to really like know that, Hey, I love golf, go all in, go pursue it. That, uh, I don't think personally right now, I don't need more than one passion. I'm getting everything I need from that one hobby. And then, and then I, I'm raising a family, three daughters, nine, five, and two. Uh, there's, you know, that <laughs> there's a lot of time and energy that goes into, uh, into those connections. And so it's, it seems like I'm working golfing or connecting with family and friends. Nice. So what inspires you? Oh, that's such a good question. Waking up every day. I think, I think we got to take ownership for our own inspiration and learn what inspires us. For me, waking up, to a morning routine where I clear out, I take the time to meditate, I move my body, if nothing for stretching for 60 seconds, but I make sure I move my body, I make sure to empty out. And, and I try to remember to remind myself of just the blessing of life, right? Gratitude, gratitude inspires me. I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the challenges. It just, it, it invokes inspiration within me. That's it. It's really easy to be distracted by what's not going well and, and to get into that headspace. But what inspires me is, is when I pull myself out of that headspace, much in the same way as, as Justin does, you know, meditate, connect with something, uh, reading material that's meaningful to me, and then go outside and be like, man, this is, this is a really great place to live. And I'm really grateful for the people in my life. And I'm grateful for the challenges. Um, so just keeping that mindset pretty locked tight on on what inspires me in every moment is the inspiration, I think. Nice. That leads to two thoughts. First is um, you both mentioned gratitude. In what other ways has gratitude helped your growth? <laughs> Isn't gratitude everything? <laughs> man this life uh, it is a miracle we are all miracles like i'm too blessed to be stressed i'm too nice. blessed it's it's in and, and i have challenges and i also have plenty of privilege probably as well but i i, I was dealt the cards i was dealt you're dealt the cards you were dealt they are dealt the cards they are dealt be grateful, play the hand, be grateful. It's going to help your life. I mean, it just gratitude is everything. Yeah. There really are two ways to look at absolutely everything. We can, we can look at the same subject, the same object. And one person can look at it totally negatively and see it as a curse. And the other pe person can see it as a total blessing. And, and it gratitude is that shift. And sometimes you got to pull gratitude out of the bottom of the barrel sometimes in certain challenges but if you can get to that one thing i'm grateful that i'm breathing today that is enough for that moment and then it, it starts to change your mindset it's, you start to shift minute by minute by minute until you really see like i can be grateful for a lot more and it becomes second nature but it's i don't know some people are just naturally prone to that level of gratitude and other people have to work on it. And, and it's no shame if you're the person that's got to work on it, but, but please do because it will change your entire reality. Absolutely. So you both kind of mentioned a, a morning routine. Do, do you have a specific routine? 
And would you be willing to share it? <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, mine is uh, first thing. It's it's <laughs> get the coffee or the tea going. I mean, you know, human. Um, but then just to go outside and connect with the energy outside and connect with the energy and the material that I'm reading. Um, I usually tend to, again, keep my book subjects on things that I like reading about. I try not to grab books that are super grindy. That'll just set my morning on on a grind. I want to keep my mindset very open and as open and free as possible. Um, and then from there, once I'm feeling good, then I touch my work. Um, I don't do that the other way around anymore because it's too easy to be like, ah, I've got all this stuff to do and dip straight into work with a mindset that's less than ideal. Day tends to go a little bit sideways. When I do it out of order. So the routine's critical to me. Nice. Yeah, I don't do the same routine every day. You know, three young kids, most <laughs> nights I don't get a full night's sleep. <laughs> and depending on uh, what the night's sleep is, it might be a, I try, I shoot for a 5.55, wake up and I'm flexible. I'm, I'm out of bed by seven. We got to get kids to school. Uh, but being an entrepreneur now, I get to control my schedule and if I don't get a 10 minute, 10 minute meditation in at home, I, I commit to it before 9 a.m. I even give myself, I can drop the kids off at eight. If I have to do something in business, I'll do it. But I will meditate for 10, 10 minutes before 9 a.m. and clear out. And if that point I'm still feeling foggy or lethargic or, or just not feeling my best, I'll generally call uh, one of my brothers who generally inspire me or just someone that I know that loves me and will meet me. And in this reflection, right, right in this moment, I had an epiphany that I love to do that for other people. So <laughs> if the world's listening, family member or friend, if you're having a tough morning, call me, like I'm happy to, to, to meet you and hopefully, uh, you know, shift, shift the mindset for the day. I tell my wife, we need to win the morning. We got to win the morning. You got to wake up. You got to win it. You got to feel like a winner by 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Otherwise, you may likely lose the whole day in that in that funkiness. Well, and, and, and as a parent, obviously recognizing the attitude you send your kids out the door with sets up, sets up their whole day. And it's too easy to have a house that you're just going crazy, right? You're... Where's the backpack? Where's the lunch? We got to make this. We got to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then our kids are at school and we wonder why they have ADD, right? We wonder why they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're going in, into school losing their minds when, when a simple routine can help know where the backpack is, have the lunch prepared the night before, have, you know, have, have some tools in place, some routines in place that protects the kid's morning. Um, the same as you're protecting your own, right? Like, um, and so many families, uh, don't understand the value of that rhythm and routine. And, and I think we're seeing it more and more, you know, you talk about corporations stressed out kids, kids are, you know, probably at an even higher mental health crisis. Um, and, and we've got to take responsibility for helping, you know, create routines and, and communicate the value of routine to our children just for you know their sanity, let alone our sanity, right? Because how much better is it you send your kids off and they're going to school happy and smiling and and then your your day's better because you're like, man, they're gonna rock it today, right? Um, mm -hmm. How cool is that? Um, so routine, yeah, routine can be can be so important. Um, so well said. Thanks for saying that. Can I can I ask you what what inspires you? What how do you be how do you become inspired, Robert? Uh, you know, seeing people wanting to live their dream, right? And and knowing that I can have a role in in revitalizing dreams, in in bringing dreams back to fruition, right? Um, I think our mindset, and I don't know if it's taught or it's just part of that natural protection system inside of us, but we get an idea and we get a dream, and 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 instantly our brain says, "Oh, you can't do that. Oh, how are you going to do that?" Right. And, and your brain just just kills it within probably seconds, milliseconds even. Um, and then next thing you know, you're watching television. And you're like, that was my idea. Right. When they're selling the widget on the on the television. 
Um, and I think so many people experience that. And, and I want to help people believe in themselves and believe that they can make six figures in a year, believe that, that they can, they can have the freedom that they want to have. They can be away from that grind. Um, even as an entrepreneur, I think even with a job, right. Even with a regular service type job, you can, you can have much more than you're getting. Um, and, and, and just have the passion and enjoyment of your day. So very similar to what you guys do. I, I do for individuals and small companies that you guys are doing in the boardroom um, and, and just yeah. seeing people just living a life of freedom. Right. I mean, you know, stuff comes and goes in our lives. We know that. Um, but being able to handle whatever, right because your attitude and, and you, you just did have a different connection with the universe than, than mm -hmm. every little thing's a disaster, the flat tire, the car broke, the, like, all the stuff that happens in life. Oh, my kid needs to go to the dentist. Oh, we got to go to the soccer game. Right. And people are all stressed out rather than be like, those are all blessings. And, and, and you just, you know, we just take life as it comes and it can be so much better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So aligning purpose and passion for people, I think is definitely such a huge value. Um, and, and then the tragedies in life and the terrible things that come don't derail you because you're, you're, you're still pur purpose and passion is still possible. Um, mm. And yeah. So thanks for asking. That's a, Hey, great answer. Very much aligns with uh, the language I use and, and again, keywords, freedom and passion and purpose. I think about an encaged lion, you know, are they well taken care of or are they trapped? And we don't really know, but versus the lion, you know, that's out in the wild, um, freedom comes with responsibility. Oh, yes, you got to go get your own food. You're not going to be, you know, given a paycheck or you're not going to be given your meal, but, uh, but with great freedom, you know, you can handle the responsibility. I, I really believe we can each handle the responsibility of the freedom we're craving. It's natural. Well, that, it goes hand in hand. The lion was created for that freedom. The lion was created oh, to hunt his great meal. Point. Great <laughs> point. Great so, point. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. Each of us, I believe each of us has a gift inside us that was given to us when we were born to serve humanity in some way. And, and when we figure that out and we can align it with what we're providing, um, life feels good and, and you can, obviously you have to grow and you have to mature and you have to be, you know, reading and getting mentored and, and figuring out those things. But, but when you're on that path, you can deal with so much more stuff because it just feels right. hundred mm. <laughs> percent. Yeah. So what's, what's your big dream for leading evolution group? Yeah, um, I've shared it several times in building this in my community before I, before leading evolution group was anything before I ever thought I, I might be, you know, engaging with with teams and in corporations. Um, my initial vision was Elon Musk is going to call Google one day and they're going to be like, hey, we heard you're at Google. We need you. And I'm like, Elon, it's a million bucks to come visit you. And he's like, check's written. I'm sending the plane. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we're we working with, with small teams right now. You know, uh, and companies that have eight employees, you know, and, and there's a couple we're talking about that have more like 80 to 100. But... Uh, but one day I, I'd love to impact the overall culture of, of our corporate system hmm. that, that leads by some, some of these principles in the, in the you know, leading evolution group that we've, we've developed. And, and all of a sudden, you know, stockholders know about us and they know that ooh, we're buying into this company that doesn't just care about the bottom line. They hired the leading evolution group because they care about more than just the bottom line. I like it. Well, and I believe our corporate structure, one of the 
challenges that they face and have faced over the last 40 years is is are they beholden to the stockholders are they beholden to the customers or are they beholden to the employees and somewhere mm -hmm. something has to shift now um, where that becomes those those three elements can become that partnership rather than you know one driving the narrative well said jessica what's your big dream oh man the conscious inspired workforce to change the world one company at a time where everybody feels like what they do with eight hours of their day is exactly what they want to be doing and what they're inspired to be doing and what they should be doing so just imagine if everybody felt that aligned and that on fire for for their jobs i mean this would be a pretty neat place to be man who's gonna who's gonna help all the liquor stores transition <laughs> i mean I think even a liquor store with good management could be a pretty fun place <laughs> i just meant they'll have to transition because everybody's not going to be drinking after work because oh. they're all so happy <laughs> hopefully they'd be drinking for different reasons celebrations right. you know. there you go <laughs> fair enough all right so now is now is your chance one of those young entrepreneurs that you're mentoring is sitting across from you um share your words of wisdom Can I allow you to lead this one? Go ahead, there Jessica. Go. Meet every day with relentless enthusiasm. Cool. Nice. I'm raising three daughters, so I put myself in, in that mindset. I just want the best, obviously, as any parent does. Find your base of faith. Mm. Find your base of faith. This, this, this human journey may be a spiritual journey that we embark on temporarily. Find what you believe in on that deepest level and, and allow, allow it to change and evolve, but, but ground into faith. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing. This was a great conversation. I uh, definitely think you shared a, a ton of value and a ton of encouragement. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having us. Such a pleasure, Robert. Thank you. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We have a free gift for you at addvalue2entrepreneurs.com. We've created a collection of the top tips that have been shared on our show for entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with procrastination, putting off the work until the last minute? Well, you are not alone. Many of our clients start there. We are launching a new five-day challenge to help you take more action and make more money in your business. Each day is a 10-minute video lesson and a worksheet. If you take 15 to 30 minutes to do the worksheet, it will change your life and business and exponentially increase the amount of work you get done each day. Right now, it is only $27 and contains five of our best tools for helping you move forward. It can be found at addvalue2life.com slash action. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.